Hello and welcome to The Big Pixel. The date today is the uh, 11th of September and the time is 11.04am and I am George Eastmead and with me today is... Ben Palmer Wilson, as usual. As usual indeed. How are you? I am good. It's a Monday, um, so we've not got the kind of weekend chill that we usually do. There's a lot of work to be gone, to be doing. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a nice tightly knit podcast today you know what i quite like recording these pods like in the morning actually um i'm not much of a morning person in general but to do it during the work day and kind of in the morning makes me feel like it's something that i can kind of be interacting with like and, and work on rather than like when it's like after lunch on a weekend we're just like really sleepy and it's like oh, some games yeah we can yeah, talk about true. them if you fancy like <laughs> yeah no i agree and it's a nice break from from the work that we do in the mornings and the afternoons so it's it's a nice way to break up the day, especially on a Monday, arguably the worst day of the week. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> challenging uh, opinion, but I'd say Tuesday. And the reason is because in every single line of business, people will contact you on a Tuesday because they know that Monday is your bad day. They know that Monday is the worst day when you've just come back from a great weekend and you're looking for your emails and they don't want to like have to challenge you with something. So they, they leave it till Tuesday and then you, you open up your inbox blissfully unaware on that tuesday morning and you've got loads of spam and people trying to contact you about things and people asking for things because they all think that it's the quiet day but no they are wrong very wrong <laughs> i uh i i seem to get that nicely spread across the week i see what you i hear what you're saying tuesdays but no people if they need me they they contact me so yeah if they need Mondays. you they contact you just like superman <laughs> or batman i mean how do you get in touch with superman though uh, going to a telephone box, right? <laughs> phone <laughs> He's him just up. hanging around the local phone boxes, is he? <laughs> I don't Sounds know, bit... actually. How, how do you, you definitely read different comics Su- from me, Superman George. Superman has, like... Doesn't he have, he like... Has um... Super hearing. Yeah. Super so hearing. He just... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just like, oh, Superman, get your ass down here. We've got uh, we've got problems for you to solve. And he just comes up, he's like... the uh, Lois and Clark... Uh... TV series in the 90s like on a Sunday afternoon that was oh, I remember that was the that. definitive Superman for me oh and then Star Trek yes yeah yeah um is it Next Generation is that uh, the right one probably with uh, I'm not actually a huge Star Trek fan despite watching it for years Patrick Stewart right yeah 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 man good stuff good stuff eh, debatable <laughs> everything's good when you're a kid right <laughs> very true shall we talk about some games let's talk about some games so let's start with the news the news, yes, indeed. Um, first thing that I'd noted down over the course uh, of the last week or so since we recorded is that Dragon Age 4 is upcoming and announced. Um, this story comes from uh, a gentleman uh, who I believe is called Alexis Kennedy, um, who uh, previously worked on Sunless Sea and Fallen London. If you've played those games at all, Ben? Um, I've heard of them. I know of Sunless Sea, but no, I've, I've not played them. Same, same. I'd really like to play them, actually. They sound like something that I would be very much interested in, but this gentleman previously worked on them. He's a writer for those games, and he oh, okay. is now working with uh, Bioware, I believe, uh, on, on Dragon Age. Um, and he tweeted out something. I don't know if it is uh, accidental or not, but it essentially confirmed that there is a Dragon Age 4 in the works. Uh, and everyone jumped on it and said, oh, wow, you know, it's all it's all fantastic. You're going to be working on this. That's amazing. Like, it's brilliant to see that Bioware are working on new things after Mass Effect, although I believe this is a different studio. Um, but yeah, very, very exciting. And he then confirmed it in in, a, in another interview after that and said, yes, it's, it's 100% true. We are working on it. 
Ben, I haven't ever played Dragon Age, and I really do want to. Uh, We've spoken about it before. You've uh, reviewed, I think, two on the podcast, maybe? Um, So I completed and finished one and two. I've played a good chunk of three, Inquisition. Um, The problem is three is uh, it's almost like an MMO in the way that it's designed. So, yeah, I've fallen out of love with it quite quickly. Um, I'm probably going to try it again soon, but it, it didn't leave me with great feelings. Number one and two are fantastic, though. Have you heard anything about this announcement? Do you know what type of game it's going to be? Honestly, this is the first I'm hearing about it. I know there were like murmurings a few months ago, but I think that was just speculation. Whispers in the dark. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is really the first I'm hearing about it officially, you know, like with confirmation. Mm. All will be revealed. Uh, my second piece of news today is that L.A. Noir is coming back. That's right, you heard it here, folks. Cole Phelps <laughs> is back in action. L.A. Noir. Uh, it's the same original game, but has all the DLC, uh, which uh, was included, I think, with the special edition of the Steam release. Uh, but it's coming to uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and, most uh, impressively, the Nintendo Switch. And they're going to do a standalone, separate, new piece of content Uh, specifically for VR. Now, I'm not sure which VR um, headsets that does include. I assume that it would be the PSVR and probably um, Vive and and, and Oculus as well. Uh, I don't know if there's any exclusivity deals, but I would assume they'd probably go for all three, right? I would imagine so. Yeah, I would imagine so. And just like to add, I have still not played this game. I don't think I will. Although when I did hear that it was coming to the Switch, I was thinking about maybe trying it but i I don't think i will so i'm not going to go into a whole la noir review but i have played the game (laughs) twice actually i played it once on pc and second time on ps3 i think um it is a fantastic game i absolutely loved uh all the characterization i think we've never seen faces like that since in the game it was really sad to uh, know that the studio Uh, team bondi was then disbanded after the game i would have loved to have Mm. seen that technology come back and i think if if that could have been paired with the kind of um uh you know like motion capture technology that they use in like the uncharted games for instance we could just be seeing completely new next generation graphics from from something like that uh i would love to see it it would be so fantastic yeah that is the one thing that's always interested me is the the I don't think we have seen anything like it since or before. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we see that technology move into other spaces, but I won't hold my breath. Best... <laughs> I mean, especially after things like uh, Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. And the, it's, uh, it's, it's my crazy, face hurts right? comments. It's crazy that we see a yeah. game like that come out almost, what, it must be 10 years since Alain Noir. Must be. It's it's a while now. I know that came out a good time ago. Best best thing about Elena Noir though by far is the fact that half the cast of Mad Men is in it. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh really? Yeah, like all the actors pretty much are, are in I it. I thought I recognised the main character. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in in Mad Men as well, and yeah, so many so many guys are in it. If you if you're a fan of that show, then you need to check out Elena Noir. I still need to watch that. Mm. I still need to watch that. Really do if you work in advertising, mate. Really do. I know that's the so thing. Like half of the copywriters. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the news. What have you been playing, George? What have I been playing? Um, what have you been playing? You know what? I've actually dived through a lot of games since the last time we we spoke. Um, firstly, uh, I I finished Uncharted, so I'll just touch on that super quickly. Um, it was 
really awesome. I, I enjoyed playing through uh, the, the the new story, uh, Lost Legacy. Um, it, it okay. So f- first thing that I just want to say is that one, the story was enjoyable. It was kind of popcorn fodder like it didn't really have too much depth but it was still enjoyable it was classic kind of find and uh capture uh the uh the the tusks you know the 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 big macguffin that you're, you're looking through throughout the whole game uh very simple kind of national treasure kind of stuff um but my only complaint about it is that i, I don't think there was ever a point where it really told you why chloe was in the game like you understand why Nadine is there sort of coming off the back of Uncharted 4, but I'm not really sure why she pairs up with Nadine. It's kind of explained that uh, Nadine is hired by Chloe, but you're not really sure why or how or, or anything else. And I don't mm. know if I missed that at the start of the game or if there's just a cutscene that I accidentally skipped or something holding down the X button. But yeah, a slight, slight miss there for me. Like in a game with so much um uh, cinematic glory and so much uh, told to the player and explained to the player uh yeah that seemed like a little bit of a miss but to to end on a on a good point graphics man so good i touched on it last week but yeah. just the sheer ability to pause the game at any point with the photo mode zoom right in on a character turn the camera around pan zoom do anything else and uh, you can even move like the sun and things as well in that photo mode to like really shine light on different areas that might be hidden in in the darkness. Um, but you can cool. zoom right in like when Chloe's driving the the car, and you can like zoom in and see she's actually like using the gear stick properly. She'll actually go into the right gear. She'll be turning the wheel appropriately, um, moving her hands across the steering wheel, um, using the right brake and, and clutch pedal as you are moving it on the controller and the actual dials on, on the car are moving as well same with uh, Chloe looking at a map as well so in the game you can press the uh, touch button and it'll bring up the map um, naturally in most games you'll have that as almost like an, another menu item that you can look over and she'll draw on it and draw like marks and X's where you've been or what you're looking for um, That's cool. but in this you can actually pause it while she brings it up in, as an animation, as a character animation in the game, quickly pause it, zoom in, and you'll see all those marks and things, which are essentially just menu items, are literally there on the actual animation as she's doing them in the game. Like that level of That's detail cool. is just phenomenal to me. Like it really blows my mind every time I see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still chasing a PlayStation 4. I know this has been a topic of conversation for the last several months now. Um, I am, I do still want to get one. I do think. I, I may consider picking up the Uncharted just to because I, I which ones have I played? I think one, two, and maybe three. So I do want to I do want to finish it off. And as much as I'm kind of over the whole Tomb Raider esque adventure stories, um, those games I always hold fond memories of. So you know, it's it's less about certain bits and, and you know more about the little things like what you've just discussed, being able to see how it's evolved and, and what they've added since. Yeah, I think I think like the best thing about the Uncharted games is always the characterization. It's like as you're going about what you're doing and climbing rocks and all the rest of it, there's so much dialogue in there that makes you kind of just like fall in love with the characters. Um, and yeah. that's what sells the game uh, to me. But um, aside from that, I've actually been putting quite a lot of time into another game that came out recently uh, called Everybody's Golf. Now, Everybody's Golf is uh, a sequel to a long-running um, Japanese uh, golf series, essentially, called 
um, well, it's called in the US Hot Shots Golf, I believe, and it was quite popular in its time. But this new iteration has gone back to the Japanese name, which is um, well, everybody's golf is uh, Mina no Golf in in Japanese, basically. Um, and yeah, I don't know why they've essentially decided to to go back to that original name, but I think everybody's golf sounds a little bit more fun and exciting and, and that is really the vibe of the game it is kind of like cartoony and, and simple and it's almost like anime inspired in a way like it feels very japanese as you're playing it but okay. underneath all of that cutesy um imagery is actually a really solid golf game um there is a considerable amount of depth to it um, but you go through different courses and you can play through uh, with friend in multiplayer or you can play through and yourself in like a story mode uh, and go through the different courses. There's different you know clubs you can use. Uh, you can you know get to different stages where you are leveling up the different clubs so you can hit further, level up your character. A huge customer um, a customer uh, character customization in there as well. Um, so many different items that you can unlock. in a golf game. Tons of it, yeah. And, uh, and you can play online as well. So you can just go around a course, just walking around. You can actually spawn in things like golf buggies or go fishing or um, uh, just like walking around like the, the actual like nature scenes instead of actually playing golf if you wish to speak with other players online. It's like an open world kind of adventure, but it's really good fun actually. And there's a really solid golf simulator underneath it all. That's pretty interesting. When I hear the word golf in a game, I kind of, cringe slightly and think of like the you know the classic Wii games that are fun for you know maybe 15 to 30 minutes at a time but I'm not going to drop lots of time into them um it's surprising that they've got like a whole kind of um tabletop simulator going on in that and that, that you know people are just able to chuck anything in jump in jump out kind of stuff yeah yeah like all that kind of weird it is interesting like there's so many different game types as well like you can play against um multiple bots or you can play against two or three people online you can do like versus matches 1v1 kind of style things and then there are other elements that change the course around as well so you can have like tornado holes that suck the ball in or you can have like giant cups or tiny cups as well um, so there's like a lot of um, sort of crazy fun bits and pieces that you can do if you kind of get bored of the, okay, right, we're being serious and playing golf now moments. Uh, yeah. The game is great, but my only criticism is that it does take a long time to unlock things. So um, I was playing with my girlfriend, playing the multiplayer, just like a few holes every evening, just, you know, bouncing around, playing some different different uh, levels. But it takes ages for you to unlock the second one. And I think my girlfriend has now unlocked the the second uh course and it took her at, at least like six or seven hours i'd say which seems kind of a long time just to you know unlock level two really so that's yeah. my only criticism yeah i mean i watch uh i don't know if you know lyric is a streamer he plays um i can't remember which golf game it is but he plays one with uh some of his streaming friends and it's always enjoyable to watch i just don't think golf games are my you know something i would probably play unless my girlfriend was into gaming as well mm. so right now it's, yeah. it's 30 pounds on the playstation store i'm not sure i would necessarily spend that i would maybe go down yeah. to 15 or 20 it's probably worth a buy then if you if you are interested in golf and if you fancy just a, a kind of good fun party game then 50 15 pounds is the yeah the optimum level i would say that sounds about right to me that sounds about ben, right what have you been playing um i've 
been playing the same thing I've been playing since the start of July, which is Guild Wars 2. Um, the expansion looms ever closer. It's only, what's that, uh, 11 days away now. Uh, the, 22nd, the 22nd of September. So, yeah, I'm getting more and more excited and more and more impatient. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying to finish off bits and pieces around the game um, just, you know, to prepare um, for the new expansion. Um, that's that's really all I've got to say um, in terms of like what I've been playing. It's it's still a great game. I love it. I'm I'm on the forums every day on Reddit, just like <laughs> you know, seeing what seeing what news comes out and um, ArenaNet, the people that um, created the game. Um, they're doing regular kind of weekly um, YouTube videos on the mounts, on the new elite specializations, um, you know, on the story, et cetera, et cetera. So there's plenty of content coming out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty excited. Um, however, it's bittersweet in that I will be at EGX working when that actually drops, um, at EGX from the 21st to the 24th. So I won't be there for the release. So everyone that's in my guild that plays the game is, is kindly taking the piss. Take your Alienware laptop, mate. Yeah, I, I will do, but uh, it will be, you know, maybe find an hour or two in the evening. And also, I meet so many people when I go to these events. Um, you know, the experience that you and I had as well, um, going out for dinner and going out for some drinks at Gamescom. I don't really want to miss out on that. Playing games, give me a sec, because my cat is now on my desk. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably take it because again, the NEC is not too far away from where I live anyway. But yeah, I, whether I get any time played over the event, we will you know remains to be seen. How long are you there for? Uh, the twenty first to the twenty fourth, I think. So uh, what's that? Four days in total. It's the whole duration of the event. It is it? the whole yeah. duration. Yep. <clears throat> cool, cool. And, yeah, so and can people can people find you there? Can people come say hello? You certainly can. I imagine I will be at the Alienware booth that will be at EGX, and uh, yes, I will be. Uh, I will be on that booth. So if, come and find me. Um, hopefully, you know what I look like. We uh, spam our Twitters and stuff enough um, at the end of each of these episodes, so you should be able to find my face. Just come and say hi, um, and we can talk about games and stuff. Just install yes. install the game on one of the systems there, and then it looks like you're working. <laughs> but you say, oh, I'm just testing this. Like I think it's broken. Oh. No, it's too late because you've said that now and it's going to be on the podcast. So oh, you... oh, no. I have to <laughs> cut it. Scrub this bit out. Yeah, cut this bit <laughs> out. I just installed Guild Wars 2 on all of the systems. Um, the only problem with that is it being an MMO. Everyone just gets stuck playing it. People, like long lines of people like, can I have a go now? It's like, no, I just reached level 80. Now it gets good. <laughs> but no, no, I'll, if I can, I'll find some time. But uh, yeah, it'll definitely be more about seeing the people I don't get to see normally. Sure. So yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. So uh, let's move on to the the kind of list of, of other bits and pieces we've got going on. Um, I'm going to take the lead on this because I do see that we've got a few TV bits and pieces. And um, I actually just finished this morning watching the latest episode of Rick and Morty. Hey. Uh, oh, I love that shit. Do you watch it, George? I've seen bits of it, but I've never really gone through and watched like a whole season or anything. I've just watched like odd episodes. Okay, and. Cancel the podcast right now. Go and sit down for a day and catch up because you need to <laughs> you need to see all of them. They are absolutely fantastic. Um, the latest one, I'm trying to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it yet, um, but the latest one is just incredible. Um, it makes a 25, 30-minute episode feel like an hour. Um, 
returning themes come back um, and a character that's kind of been semi-present throughout the whole series is kind of making a return um it's just it's so cool um it's such a cool episode and i can't wait to see where they go next with it now that they've kind of reintroduced this character and and developed that plot line and what Um, season is this so this is season three and that is episode seven that just aired nice nice so yeah it's just it's such a great show um it's so dark though um, you know, if you're in a bad place mentally, don't watch it because it, every time you think <laughs> something happy is going to happen, they just spin it on its head and just make it really miserable. And you just kind of go through watching it and you're just like, you're laughing, but you're like, God, I'm so depressed now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a it's a dark show, but you, you've got to laugh. You've got to laugh. So what have you been watching? Because I do see a, a name on here. Uh, a, a little show called Game of Thrones. Yeah, I don't know whether anybody knows about this show. It's it's fairly niche, you know. Not many people know about it. <laughs> so I don't think we should go into too much depth, obviously, because there are a lot of folks who are still trying to catch up to to the end of yep. uh, the latest season. Um, but yeah, just quick quick fire thoughts. Um, I actually kind of felt like the last season or this latest season that's just aired was the weakest of all of them. Now I know that they put a considerable amount of budget into providing those awesome fantastic shots of of different things happening all at once and there certainly was an incredible battle sequence in this this season as well which really had me on the edge of my seat with two of the main protagonists in my eyes going head to head um but yeah this this season really suffered from that whole teleportation issue that people argue about where the pace of the show is picked up to such an extent that it feels like people are just flying all across Westeros yeah. and uh, appearing in different scenes now that was a criticism at the end of season six um and you would have thought that they would have kind of learned from that and thought okay well maybe we can just slow it down a little bit or not show characters in in scenes like back to back in completely different parts of the country but they did they just went straight in for it and you feel like ah why why won't you learn from that why won't you just uh, i know that you're trying to squeeze it all into seven episodes now whatever it was but just uh, can you not do it to that extent it just uh, it feels rushed and like there are so, I agree. so I many agree. key sequences that could have just been so beautiful that you've kind of been waiting for for the last couple of episodes or sorry last couple of seasons you think oh man when they eventually meet up it's going to be incredible but then it's just like well that was a, a two or three line exchange and then it's like oh and now we're off on this new adventure hooray i i definitely get where you're coming from and i do agree the only counter argument i can suggest is they they only have an hour and it's kind of like how do you put that much budget behind something that should like ought to be longer um like what do you cut and what do you keep um you know i'm not a filmographer or anything like that but i just wonder what they could have done differently without you know kind of shortening some of those slightly less important sequences that yes would have been amazing i feel like they could have cut out uh, a fair bit of some of the the story arcs like okay and I, I, I won't spoil it necessarily but i will talk about one scene in particular quickly so if you haven't seen game of friends at all and you don't want to, to do anything just scrub forward 30 seconds i'll give you a couple of seconds just to reach for your your phone or computer now okay so <laughs> um, <laughs> let's dive into it all, all i wanted to, to say is that in uh in season seven there's a scene where um davos and Tyrion go to Westeros to uh, speak to the Queen and um, Davos finds Gendry, right? Now, uh, 
Tyrion and Davos have this huge ridiculous scene on the beach where they're talking to these guards for yeah. like what is like a five to seven minute scene and like that is valuable time where they're just wasting it on like nothing there's no character progression there's like just like nothing in that scene and that is valuable time that they could have put into and again it's kind of spoilers in this point the bit where uh jamie and Tyrion meet up for the first time after mm-hmm. so much has uh, transpired between them on opposite sides of the world and you think why would they not just put yeah money in and oh. time into that oh <laughs> yeah no i, okay, I spo- spoilers over spoilers over right spoilers are done but yeah i, I totally agree with what you've just said um I, I actually forgot about that scene. Although that scene did amuse me. It was, although, yeah, because it was it was a tense scene, but it wasn't like very tense because it's not like those people were ever going to be like in danger exactly. in that scene. So yeah, yeah, it was a bit ridiculous. It, it was seemed a little like wasted screen time to me, but whatever. Yeah, true, true. But I mean, despite all that, this I still think this season has been absolutely incredible. Mm. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't didn't enjoy it. I really did. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, there were some some things that kind of nagged at me. Um, that one episode, though, with that big battle, uh, that was by far and away one of the best episodes of, of Game of Thrones I have ever seen by far. Yeah, that was absolutely very insane. special. Yeah. Very, very special indeed. Very special indeed. And on the subject of something else very special indeed, um, I did mention that I've been playing a few other smaller games, so I'll just touch on those super quickly. Um, First one is one which is free on PlayStation Plus right now, and it is a game called Hatterful Boyfriend. Now, this game is very, very odd. Uh, I've heard about it for a long time but i've never like bothered to spend the five pounds or whatever to jump into it so as soon as i knew that it was free i was like right i'm gonna play this i'm gonna download it i'm gonna give it a go hassleful boyfriend is like a japanese dating simulator game where you play as a girl with a bunch of boys Um, george don't go to the dark side (laughs) but the the twist is that all of the characters in it aside from yourself are birds Oh my god! So you are like a schoolgirl. You join this uh, this this school, and you are uh, immediately confronted with a whole range of different characters, all of which again are birds, and they have different personalities. And you go through and you um, speak to them, find out what that what interests them, what doesn't. Uh, there are a number of lingering subplots throughout it, but the game only takes about an hour to play until you essentially get yourself a boyfriend at the end of it, and that's like the win state. Um, wow. but yeah, I've, I played for it twice now, actually, and, and it's really good fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good. Um, uh, there's just so much like characterization. I just, I, I can't fun, identify. <laughs> I'm glad you had fun twice. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you were to turn around and say, Hey Ben, do you want to play a game where you play a girl who's trying to get a date with a bunch of birds? Um, <laughs> and, and not in the colloquial, colloquial sense of, you know, how we English people say birds, but literal <laughs> birds. Um, I'd probably be like... Yeah, do you know what? I think I'll pass. Thanks. Um, it really yeah. is Japanese. Like it's super, it. super yeah, Japanese. It sounds super Japanese. Um, but there are some really funny laugh out loud moments in it. So I, I kind of went into it with that. Oh, I don't know if I like this, but I'm going to try it anyway because it seems so ridiculously obscure. Um, but yeah, it won me over, mate. It definitely won me over. It was good. Well, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. I really am. <laughs> so um, moving swiftly on. 
<laughs> I, I, I do have a few pieces, though I've not noted these down in the tech corner. Go for it. Um, and I mean, really, the tech corner should just be called Ben's tech corner at this point, because I feel like I'm the only one that I, like ever has things in this. It's like, oh, what has I've, Ben? I've got something. I've got something to mention after you. So, so oh, okay, ahead. okay, all right, awesome. Um, there are rumblings of a Surface Book Two being announced next month. Um, I have pre-warned my girlfriend. I think we've touched on this briefly uh, a few episodes ago that it, I don't think we ever confirmed whether they were actually bringing one. Um, it's a strong possibility that the Surface Book 2 will be coming out um, in October or at least being announced. So, yeah, I've pre-warned her that, you know, that is where <laughs> a lot of the money will be going. Um, I'll be selling my Surface Book 1 and, and moving on to the Surface Book 2 because it sounds like the uh, Intel 8th generation processors, um, you know, the, the like the U version chips are full quad cores now, um, which has me excited. Um, more power is always better. Um, so, yeah, if, if that becomes a reality, then we, you know, Make a note of that because so, that will definitely sorry, be something it, we discuss. Is it officially announced or are these just? It's rumors? not officially. The, okay. It's there's lots of like tidbits coming out. Like okay, um, the Surface Book One has now stopped um, being in production, so they've stopped producing um, performance bases and stuff for the first Surface Book, which suggests you know why are they winding such a popular product down if they're not going to announce something new. So there's a lot of kind of tidbits that people are looking at and saying, yeah, it's it's highly likely. So um, what's interesting to note, though, is that with the Surface laptop, um, where will the Surface Book fit in? Because obviously the Surface Book is a hybrid of a tablet and a laptop. But I feel like with the Surface Pro line, which is kind of, you know, your tablet with the, a foldable keyboard, um, your Surface laptop now, you know, the Surface Book is the hybrid between the two, but it's it, it'll be interesting to see how they position it against the Surface Laptop. Hmm. Um, because technically, I think a lot of people saw the Surface Book as the laptop that could just turn into a tablet. So I, don't, I feel like they're muddying the water a little bit at the moment. But uh, Do you I'm think excited. there are going to be some significant hardware changes to the overall design? Um, people have said they didn't like... So the clamshell design, the hinge, which I, I loved... Um, people don't like that because it leaves a gap between the screen and the keyboard. Yeah, I don't. Like I didn't that. mind it. I I quite like it. I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. Um, the other thing people don't like is that the detachable screen you have to hold a button in, so it's software based, uh, and a lot of people don't like that either. So I I think that they will be taking a lot of that on board potentially and changing things. However, it's not something I'm personally bothered about. So as a consumer, um, as a personal consumer, I'm not particularly bothered if that stays the same. Um, I am very interested to see how they change things and what this will look like. Um, but I think because the Surface Book was such a unique product um, and so many people kind of blown away by it, I remember watching the announcement trailer and just being like, I need to have this. And, and at the end, they're, they're showing all these cool, like, you know, backlit keyboards and stuff. And then that. the video slows down and it's just a slow-mo of like the laptop and then they just like pull it apart and it's just like, oh my God, it's a laptop and a tablet. And you're just like, <laughs> I need this. Like I had a full on like, oh my God, this is awesome. Uh, you know, like, a goosebumps moment it was just amazing um and i've now shown my hand as to how geeked out i get about tech um but yeah so i'm, I'm hoping for another one of those moments with the second one um but maybe not quite as cool because i think something like that that was like a huge moment um but i mean you never know it feels to me like microsoft is almost the new apple with innovation it feels like apple and this is a conversation that's been had in so many other places so i won't dive too far into it but it feels like apple's gone a little bit stale 
um, in my opinion. Um, and they're just iterating on, you know, the great stuff they already have while Microsoft is kind of finding their niche and bringing out all these like crazy new products like the Surface Book and the Surface Studio. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting to see what they produce with the Surface this, Book 2. This leads really nicely into what I would like to discuss, actually. Um, yeah. So tomorrow, I believe Apple are going to do their new keynote for what will essentially be the iPhone 8 or 7 Plus or whatever. No, what is the current one? 7, 7S? Yeah, 7 Plus. Yeah, no, there's the 7, but then they don't have a 7S, so I assume it'll either be a 7S or an 8, but I think most people are saying 8, right? I don't. I thought it was 8. Yeah, I think it'll be an 8. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) the nomenclature aside, um, yeah, uh, I think the biggest rumor about this new iPhone is that the screen is going to go from edge to edge, um, top to bottom. They're going to completely do away with the home button, which um, in the last generation has been... Um, just a touch button rather than something that you actually depress into the unit itself. Um, and yeah, they'll they'll include that home button actually sort of in the screen or in the software itself. Now, all of that sounds really quite cool and quite exciting. And, you know, I'm going to sit back and, and, and watch what happens on it. Um, I don't know if I necessarily care. Um, I still have a 6S and it does me absolutely fine. Um, we've spoken about phones no end on this pod, and I know that you, Ben, you do like to have the latest thing. For me, <laughs> a phone isn't necessarily that much of a big deal anymore for me. I, I think like I used to get really excited about new phones, but now I'm just like, hey, if it works and I can you know, manage my Twitter profiles on it and occasionally like write a text, then I'm happy. Um, yeah. I'd be, think, I'd be very excited to see this this edge-to-edge screen, though. I think that'd be cool. But, um, yeah, it's not necessarily something that I would throw $1,000 on the table for, which is the rumored yeah. price. So a couple of thoughts from me on the new iPhone and also kind of the, the phone industry as a whole um, and where I kind of stand with it. So the edge-to-edge display, yes, it's extremely cool. But to be honest, again, it's not really revolutionary. So I don't know if you've seen kind of the Note 8 yes, um, indeed, and yeah. all these new phones. Everybody's doing it right now. Yeah, Yeah, 2017 is kind of like the year that everybody went edge to edge. Um, LG are doing it with the LG uh, V30. They're removing the second screen from the V20, which is what I've got. Um, And I'll dive into that briefly in a second. But like everybody is doing it. So it's not this... It's not one of those moments where you're like, oh, Apple did that and they paved the way and everybody else did it after Everybody's them. doing it. <laughs> everybody is doing it. And in fact, it feels like they are keeping up with everybody else or trying to. So it's a little bit like, well so what um that said on in terms of like apple there's actually been a huge leak apparently um i've actually got a tab open because i need to i need to have a bit of a read but the latest iphone ios um apparently there's a a lot of leaks about what is going to be in the new iphone we'll do it live um six core a11 chip three gigabytes of ram wireless charging and some details on apple pay and face id now just to say that these i'm pretty sure are just rumors um there's no confirmation that the leaks are right but um yeah so ios 11 has also been leaked and revealed so there's a lot coming out so i I suppose if you're interested to know what the new iphone will have both in hardware and software you can find that just by having a quick google um but in terms of where i stand on the whole smartphone thing. I am similar to you. I do keep a very close eye on what is coming out. Like the Note 8, I was kind of tempted by. Um, It's a 6.3 inch display. It looks incredible. Um, But yeah, I've got a 5.8 inch LG V20 with this 
awesome second screen, a quad DAC. Uh, it's an awesome phone and it's so fast. It just does everything I want. I've had it since February of this year. So that's what, seven months now. Um, it's it's still as fast as the day I bought it. Um, you know, it's got four gigabytes of RAM. It's got a really good, uh, I think it's a Snapdragon 820. Um, it's it's a great phone. So yeah, I'm kind of reaching the stage. And I think it's similar in the way that CPUs are, are slowing down. And actually, there was some news about GPUs as well, that uh, NVIDIA's chips, uh, their GPUs now, they used to be 60% performance increases, and now they're only 30% over, you know, iteration over iteration. It feels like at the moment, technology is slowing down a little bit, um, at least in the kind of CPU department and stuff. So I'm looking at phones now and thinking, what extra additional design features do they bring? And at the moment, it doesn't feel like they're bringing that much. You know, everyone's copying each other. Everyone's doing the, you know, bezel-less display and the curved corners, that kind of thing. Um, in terms of pure performance, it feels like, you know, we're reaching a little bit of a stale time. So for me personally, I, I'm with you in the sense that my phone is fast enough. It's responsive enough. It does what I want it to do. And it has all these cool features like, you know, um, Android Pay, et cetera. So... Yeah, I it's an interesting time, but it's also a bit of a quiet time in the in the phone space. It is indeed, yeah. All will remain to be seen, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be looking back at this pod in six to twelve months' time, being like, "How wrong I was!" And <laughs> <laughs> somebody brings out something absolutely fantastic. But uh, yes, we shall see. So the last thing that I wanted to touch on in, in this pod is something very small, actually, but it is the release of a game called Bleed, uh, and it's now out on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Um, Bleed is something that I have uh, worked on in my day-to-day, and it uh, is actually a really, really fantastic game. So um, my girlfriend and I have played through it now uh, together. You can play through it in co-op or you can play through it on your own. Uh, I would strongly suggest finding a friend to play with because it is great fun doing it back to back and like working on it and battling through all the levels. Um, essentially, it is a, a platformer, uh, but it's a twin stick shooter kind of esque thing with loads of crazy weapons that you can use. Uh, and you go through and you battle different monsters, and then you get to a boss at the end of each level. So it's very, very simple, very like uh, familiar territory. Um, but the game has bullet time, so you can hold down a button and go into that crazy bullet time to avoid all the different uh, missiles and bullets that are heading your way. Who doesn't love bullet time? Who doesn't indeed? Um, it It's a really good game. It came out on um, Xbox uh, like Indie uh, Live Arcade back in the day on, on Xbox 360. Um, it's now completely remastered for the PlayStation 4 and, and Xbox One. Um, I never actually played it in its original release, so this is the first time I've gone through. But yeah, really good, really good fun, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's my shill of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, quick promotion, promotion. Um, but yeah, I will keep my eye out on it. Did you say it's on Xbox and PS4? It's already right? out on on PC, yeah. So you can oh, it is already pick it up PC. on PC, yeah. I, I played okay. through it a little bit on on Steam, um, but I didn't really kind of fall in love with it until I played it with Couch Co-op. You know, like that was when yeah. I really it kind of stuck for me. Um, a few other games that are coming out this week actually that um, I've been working on, but this is definitely my pick of the week. So uh, yeah, you know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I shall keep an eye out for it and pick it up if I can convince my other half to uh, to play it with me. Definitely, definitely. Which is doubtful. I'll just come over to you, George, and we'll just play it. You can play it again. Sounds good to me, mate. <laughs> get that PlayStation 4 and you can do share I know. Play. Yeah, I know. We need to, I need to get on it. I actually found a really great deal. Some guy's selling his PlayStation 4 Pro. 
because um, he doesn't use it anymore um, for for less than three hundred pounds. So, so you're, you're thinking of getting a pro then? Yeah, definitely. I just you know me, dude. Like if there's a piece of technology, I want the best version. Makes sense. Um, I've been playing Last Guardian recently. Um, yeah. I couldn't really get into it. Like the frame rate was so slow, and I mean, like I know that that game has gone through so many different like stages of development, and it's had buggy uh, like callouts since day one, and then it was disbanded, and then it came back, and everything else. And like, I'm not going to go into all that, but I can't get into it because the frame rate is so low, and it's just so poorly optimized for for the PlayStation Four. People say that it's good on the PlayStation Pro, but do I really want to like spend a little bit of extra money to get the Pro just to play one game that I'm not yeah. 100% in love with? Don't know. That doesn't really, that doesn't sound like a, a yes to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that this is half the reason that I do want the Pro is because I don't want to have to, you know, games that are, you know, that already have come out, I want to be able to play them at good frame rates, especially being a PC gamer. I'm used to 60 FPS and actually with 144 hertz monitor, I'm used to, you know, over 100 frames a second. Mm. So I don't really want to, you know, go back down to 30 because it will just feel weird to me. Yeah, I mean, call out like most games on PlayStation 4 will run at 60 frames per second. Um, In fact, it's rare that you get anything that goes below that, which is why playing Last Guardian felt like such a jump for me, especially for a Sony first party title. I mean, I guess they kind of got to the stage where they were like, just just ship it, just get it out of the door. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, It made me feel like a little bit sort of motion sickness actually playing it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's not, not great, to be honest, but never mind. Well, I might stick with it and see if I can get a little bit further, but if not, then I'll probably just uh, leave it alone. <laughs> and on that sad note, we have come to the end of this episode. We have indeed. We have. So we're sorry to bum you out with uh, with subpar frame rates, but uh, <laughs> you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Sa- SoundCloud? <laughs> I, went, I went Scottish then. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, we are The Big Pixel Podcast um, or Big Pixel Podcast. Um, just type The Big Pixel. You'll find us. Um, George, we're also on Twitter. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at G Eastmead, G E A S T M E A D. Oh, this is going to be a thing. I can tell. Funny um, accents. <laughs> funny accents. Uh, I think the Scottish population that listen to us would be deeply offended by that comment, George. Mine was more Yorkshire. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure where it was. I, I don't know. You you went through a few different iterations. Not so, a uh, Scottish accent. No, uh, work on it, George, work on it. We'll pick this up next time. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Ben Palmer Wilson. That's B-E-N-P-A-L-M-E-R-W-I-L-S-O-N. I know it's a mouthful, but if you really care, you will find me. Um, I think that wraps us up then, George. You can also find Big Pixel on, on Twitter, or did you already say that? Uh, I didn't. No, you can find the Big Pixel podcast on Twitter. I think it's at Big Pixel Podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can also find our website, which is bigpixelpodcast.com, where you will find a library. Hold on, George. (laughs) Um, Where you can find find a library of all of our episodes, if you so choose. And now, George, I'm sure I know what you're going to say. All all I was going to say was that if you have enjoyed this episode, (laughs) please leave us a five-star rating. That was the Yorkshire Scottish accent. (laughs) <laughs> I've uh, disbanded that idea ah right okay but yeah come, come and give us a review um, or rather a rating 
um, if you enjoyed it and, uh, and let us know what you think. And that concludes the episode.